Good morning. In the morning when I go to work, I, I, I greet the, the security, uh, the people at my plant. Uh, I work in Overbus during the week, and I wake up, or I, I get there, and I'm like, good morning, Vietnam! <laughs> uh, gets everybody awake, fun, laughing, you know. Uh, so, if we live, uh, can you bring up the, that verse, uh, the previous verse? Yep, the previous, yep, the, the scripture. There we go. None of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. Let's go to the next slide. And that, there we go. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Our lives as Christians belong to the Lord. But what does that mean? What does that mean when we live that out? We all have a desire, I would say, to leave our mark. To leave some sort of legacy behind that shows that, hey, I was here. I did something. And I don't think there's a single person that doesn't have that sort of drive. Sometimes that urge to leave our mark can be push us towards weird things that don't make sense. I remember as, as a young startup leaving college for the first time, I was leaving my first job ever where I worked at KFC Pizza Hut <laughs> on campus. It was my, my last day. I was working the night shift, and I was the last one to leave the building besides the student manager. And I had just had it in my head that I wanted to leave something behind. And I, but I didn't want to, like, carve something into somewhere where I'd get in trouble and maybe have to pay for it later on. Uh, <laughs> and I, but I wanted it to be somewhere that, like, people don't look, but they'll see it eventually. So behind... If you, if you looked from the front, there was like this lip, and it's where all the signs were for like what things were available and, and all that. And it was just like a, a piece of wall that hung down. And behind it, there was just a wall, like just wall, and it had like that grease-resistant uh, like plastic on it. <laughs> so I got the crazy idea that I'm just going to climb up there and put my initials in the year on there. Now, it was the dumbest thing ever. I, but I had this drive. I wanted to leave that mark there that others would be able to see. Thinking about it afterwards, I left it on like grease-resistant like plastic, and I know that at the end of every semester, when they do the deep clean, that was washed. <laughs> So that lasted, I left at the end of the semester, so that lasted maybe two weeks. <laughs> and they definitely know who put it there. <laughs> but it, don't we have that weird drive sometimes to just leave any mark, even if it's one that's only going to last us two weeks? 
we seek out those legacies. Maybe not a random bit of writing on a wall that was washed off two weeks later, but we do look to leave our mark. And I don't think this is just a cultural thing or something that you and I look to pursue from our positions where we're at right now. If you look out throughout all of history, once someone has figured out how to survive, they then look to leave some sort of legacy behind. And that always seems to be, like once, once survival's figured out, once I got my routine for survival, then it's, okay, what am I going to leave behind? Or how am I going to live forever? It's usually one of those two. For some, it may be a large building with their name on it, or maybe conquering a piece of land, or maybe inventing something or discovering something and putting their name to it. Even today, if we look at the most rich and powerful people in the world, they're looking to leave a legacy somehow. If you look at Bill Gates and his seeming obsession of eradicating all disease, or Elon Musk and his obsession with going to Mars, they're looking to leave a legacy behind. Even our presidents and politicians look for some sort of landmark law that they can put their name to. We all want to leave our mark on this world, big or small, so that in some way we are remembered. There's an old saying, and I mean really old, like Greek. And eventually it was changed a little bit, so you may recognize it um, by George Orwell. But the original goes like this, in English. I don't speak Greek. (laughs) Blessed is he who plants trees under whose shade he will never sit. How many of us think about what we do in those terms? We often look to leave a legacy, but it's usually something for ourselves more than anything else. Do we look at a future that we will never see and look to change it for the better, change it for God? If we go back to the Romans verse, everything that we do is for God, or at least it should be. Whether we live or die should be for God. But what about the things that we do now, the legacies that we look to leave behind? Are those for God too? The trees that we plant, are those for God? Often we look to leave a mark on the future so that even when our name is long forgotten and we are just a memory of a name in a lineage board created for some school project, there is some action that we took that maybe nudged the curve of reality so that even in, if our name isn't recognized, the positive consequences of our actions are still felt or seen by someone. 
Now think of all the ambition that goes towards that. Think of all the ambition. Think of all the historical leaders that we think about that all they wanted to do was leave behind their mark. They wanted to leave behind their name. Now imagine if they did all that for the kingdom of God. All of our ambition looks to leave some sort of legacy, some sort of mark on the world, even as it moves on without us. As Christians, we are called to leave our mark. Our unique mark is supposed to be meant to help build the kingdom of God. That's what it means to be a Christian. We build the kingdom of God as we live in it here on earth. We further the goals of the kingdom of God as we live in it here on earth. So that eventually, it'll be perfected in the second coming of God, of Christ. What trees does God want us to plant now that we may never see the shade of. When we look at the Bible, we see story after story of people looking to leave their mark, some looking to leave their own mark, some looking to leave God's mark on this world. I think of King Saul and his betrayal of what God had asked him to do and falling into a thirst of just power, looking to leave his legacy throughout their generations, and because of his actions, actually losing it. Too often, we look to leave our own mark, like Saul, by doing our own thing, instead of something for the kingdom of God. And then, I think of Jacob and the mark that he left after he had the vision of the angels ascending and descending in Genesis 28. He built a pillar. He left a physical mark where he was at and even eventually moved there. But I think there's a problem with that. Is that pillar there today? No. It was temporary. And while the city of Bethel was eventually built there, the city of Bethel is not the stack of stones that he put in that location. It is not the physical mark that he left. So often we look to leave a physical mark. But eventually, moth and rust destroy. Rain will wear away at the stone. It will be temporary. Then I look at the story of Daniel. Daniel leaves a different kind of mark for the kingdom of God, a longer-lasting one, one that won't be worn away by the elements. Here's Daniel after he interprets Nebuchadnezzar's dream and leaves the mark of God that lasts for generations. 
The king of Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel and paid him honor and ordered that an offering and incense be presented to him. The king said to Daniel, Surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. And the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all its wise men. Moreover, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego administrators over the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself remained at the royal court. Surely your God is the God of gods and the king of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. This is, I don't know if you understand ancient cultures, but if you were king, 90% of the time in those cultures, you thought you were a god. You thought you were the top, that you were God incarnate. And for a king, especially a Babylonian king, basically the rulers of the world at that time, to stand up, or no, not to stand up, to lay prostrate before a man from another land that you had conquered, a slave, and to say, no, your God is God. He's above all. That's a mark that was left that lasts till today. We see several books later that the, the positions that were given to the Jews because of this, the places that they were at allowed them to return home generations later through Ezra and Nehemiah. I mean, even as short-sighted as the story of Daniel, a young Jewish man who was taken from his home to serve as in the Babylonian court. He didn't think about leaving his own mark. He already been placed sort of in a place of power because of who he was, because he was smarter. But instead of taking those gifts that God had given him and using them to place his own mark for his own purposes, his own legacy, to build his own statues. Instead, he used them to stand up to authority, to live the lives that they were called to live as Jews. To use his gifts the way God had called him to to leave those marks. And it, it saved thousands of people, millions maybe, certainly over time. Everyone, 
and we think about the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, everyone was ordered to bow. We have a whole nation that believes in a God that isn't going to bow, most likely. Some would, but there definitely were many that weren't. But because those three stood up, they left their mark, and that was no longer the decree. Think about that. They planted trees that they would never see. They weren't alive when the Jews returned to Israel. They were just memories, thoughts, stories that could be told. Now, you might be sitting there thinking through all the possible stories that I could have told and saying to yourself, these are all Bible heroes that made huge waves in the kingdom of God. That's why they're in the Bible. Because they made these huge changes. They, made, they lived lives that were worthy to be told as the stories that we know in the Bible. To show the lineage of Jesus, the kingdom of God and its growth and expansion and from, from the beginning of time to the coming of Jesus and beyond. How could I ever live up to those stories? How could me leaving a mark even matter compared to those stories? Especially thousands of years later, the foundation is set. How could anything that I do even compare? How could my mark on the kingdom actually amount to anything more than a blip in time? You're not the only one that felt this way. I'm telling you how you can make your mark and leave your legacy. Now imagine how the disciples felt when Jesus told them something similar. that they were going to do even greater things than he, he had even done. And he says this in John 14, 8 through 14. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you for such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing this work. Believe me when I say that I am the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. 
Imagine living with Jesus for the, about three years at this point, seeing everything that he's done. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. At this point, Jesus' ministry is starting to wind down. The Pharisees and other Jewish officials are starting to come after Jesus and they're slowly closing the net. And in just four short chapters, Jesus will be arrested and subsequently put to death. But the disciples have seen so many great things, healings, supernatural control over the weather, casting out of demons, and even the raising of the dead. And here, tucked away in verse 12, Jesus tells the disciples they're going to do greater things than Jesus. Now that doesn't make sense. What's greater than controlling the weather and raising the dead? <laughs> like, just physically, like, I can't think of anything that might be, you know, top that. <laughs> but still, he tells them that they're going to do greater things. It's a good question, and there's probably several doctoral theses written about it, and could probably be several more written about it. It's a deep subject. A lot of thought has gone into it. But the simple answer is, it's not about the scale of work being done. It's not about the power that's being shown in the moment. It's about the content of what's going on. When we are leaving our mark, when we are planting our trees, when we're leaving a legacy, and doing it for the kingdom of God, it is greater than even the miracles that Jesus did. Not because we have more power or ability or doing something greater than Jesus. Again, it's not about the power. It's about the fact that Jesus came, lived an amazing life filled with teachings and miracles, and then died and rose again to cleanse the sins of and for everyone who has ever and will ever live on earth. Because it's literally salvation. That is the legacy that the disciples left. That is the greater thing that they got to preach about. Because Jesus didn't get to preach about his death and resurrection because he died and rose again. <laughs> he didn't get to preach about that. But the disciples did. And they grew the kingdom of God through the marks that they left through the trees that they planted, some of which they never saw the fruit of. And we are still seeing the fruit of today. We are sitting under the trees that the disciples planted, even today. 
And that's what makes the mark that we leave on the kingdom of God so much more than we think it is. Because we, we are planting those same trees. Salvation has come. The Lord has come. When we leave our mark on the kingdom, we are leaving the legacy of the creator of the universe coming down to sacrifice himself for our sins solely out of love. So what is your legacy going to look like? Where, when, and how are you going to leave your mark for God? I can tell you, each one of us is here because someone else came and left their mark before us. We may not know the names, but we know they exist. I mean, think about this church, just solely contained to this church. This church started in like the 1860s. Think about all those names, all those people. With enough time, I could probably directly link our church to John Wesley. Like actually point to the the leaders that came out of that all the way back to John Wesley. And then from John Wesley, most of the work's already been done where we can point back, all the way back, to Jesus. Think about every one of those generations that left their legacy here. We see it all around. We see it everywhere. Now think about all the different ways that their legacies have directly impacted you in your life, in your moment, right here, right now. Not to pick on June, but I think about you just mentioning that you were baptized in this church. And I think about your life and the impact that you've had on me and my family. Do you remember the name of the pastor who baptized you? Doesn't matter. He still baptized you, right? Exactly. And think about before them, the pastor before them, and the pastor before them, and the pastor before them. We're here because of the legacy that they left behind, the mark on the kingdom that they left behind. I'm here speaking to you because of the legacies, the trees that these people planted and never knew the shade that they would leave behind. So what's our part in that legacy? We've talked about the past, but what about what's next? 
What's five? Ten? A hundred years down the road? Who will be the ones leaving that legacy, making those marks on the kingdom of God? How will my life shape their interactions, shape the way that they leave their marks? How long will those marks last? What will they look like? Well, I think Paul has at least the answer of how long they'll last. In Philippians 1, 3 through 6, he says, I thank God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel for the first day until, from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry out its completion until the day of Christ Jesus. The marks that you make now will carry out until the coming of Christ. You are a part of the, that legacy. You are a part of what it means At the end of times, when Christ calls upon the names of those who believe, you may not be there. You may already be in heaven. But you know what? The mark that you leave will mean at least one, two, five, ten, two hundred, a million people are there that have some, that you have some small hand in being a part of their lineage of Christ. Just as Paul directly left his mark on the Philippians for Christ, he has indirectly left that same mark on us. Paul is saying that the good works that God has done in you and the good works that you continue to do through God, through the marks that we leave, the trees that we plant, the legacy that we leave behind will continue until we return to Jesus. That is your legacy. That is the thing that you are leaving behind until the ends of the earth. I'll call the worship team up. While putting together the sermon, uh, sometimes I get crazy ideas to do some, some pretty crazy things. Actually, one of my professors, uh, actually my preaching professor, when um, she, at the end of the semester, she had us all come together in her house and was like pointing out like one thing that she thought was unique about our, uh, our styles of, and how we were growing as preachers. And one of the things she said is, Franklin came to me with the craziest ideas to do some pretty crazy stuff. And one of the things in the process of uh, putting down the sermon and, and it, God giving it to me was 
I thought about taking some paint and having us all literally leave our mark on this wall. So you could see the mark that you've left. But then I came across the story of Jacob and the pillar, the pillar stones that he left. And also thinking about the logistics of that and my, my very wise wife saying, eh, you probably should just randomly paint the wall. Um, <laughs> but Jacob left a physical mark. If I had had you all come up and leave a mark, eventually this wall would be painted, would be knocked down, would be, something would happen eventually to this wall. This wall is not going to be here forever. It's temporary. It's not the legacy that God has called you to leave. Not some physical mark, but to change the lives of those around you through every interaction. To plant seeds in every interaction that you may never see the growth from that. You may never see what comes from that. Um, I think of a story and I don't have all the details because this is just popping into my head now um, of a little girl uh, and I forget all the details about it but she, she had worked to collect Bibles um, and she was just all in for what God had given her and she had collected, started collecting Bibles and put together, and she was young. She was like a young teen, 13, 14. And she got some sort of illness and died. My understanding is that from that story, after she had died, everything that she had collected went to thousands of people. Thousands of people saw and heard the gospel because she was planting trees. This little girl, her legacy lives on in the kingdom of God because she was looking to make her mark, not because she wanted to leave some sort of mark for herself. She wanted her name to be remembered. No, I don't even remember her name in the story. But I do remember the story. We don't know the things that we do. So do them for Christ. And they will leave some sort of mark on the kingdom that will be carried on to the ends of the earth in the kingdom. And I want you to know 
to make sure that you know that even when you step in and out of this building, you are making a mark for Christ. Not only in all of our lives, but you're allowing us to make that same mark in your life. To change your direction just a little bit. Hopefully towards Christ. So, my challenge to you as we go today, as we sing our last song, as we get ready for whatever our cloudy, cold Sunday brings and beyond. Change everyone you meet's life just a little bit. Speak into them just a little bit. Leave just a little bit of the legacy of Christ in their lives. Go and plant trees everywhere, knowing that most you will never be able to sit under the shade of God in them.
to bow down, for every heart to believe, for every voice to cry out, burn like a fire in me, for every tongue to confess, you alone are the king, you are the hope of the earth, burn like a fire in me, for every knee to bow down, for every heart to Heavenly Father, I thank you that you burn like a fire in me. And I thank you for every person back to the beginning of creation that you worked through that allowed that to happen in my life. I pray that as we go today, as we leave here, that you would work through us, that we would allow you to work through us in ways that would forever alter the kingdom of God for your good. Not for our own legacy, not for our own name, not for our own purposes, but for you, Lord. For your kingdom. so that your kingdom would come, your will would be done on earth 
as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.